Welcome back to Elevated Inspiration for Sunday School. I'm going to try to leave some nuggets in this lesson. This is lesson four. We're still in the Cogent Legacy version. What is faith is the theme. The subject this day is faith inspires gratitude. So let's see what we have in store today. I thought about this question here as, as we move through this lesson. And the question is, what is the association between blood and sin? So think about that as we go through these um, uh, scriptures here. We actually have five outlined. We're looking at Hebrew, the 12th chapter, verses um, 18 through 29, I believe. But the first outline is actually 18 through 21, Mount Sinai. So in this particular verse here, we start out by saying, verse 18, For ye are not coming to the mount that might be touched and that burn with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet, the voice of words. Basically, the writer here is remembering when the old covenant was given to God through Moses at Mount Sinai. And he paints a picture here by saying that they could not endure that which was commanded because God spoke and he spoke through and it sound like thundering and lightning that even from a standpoint a beast that touched the mountain it shall be stoned I thirst through with dots even verse 21 tells us that Moses said I exceedingly fear and quake so my takeaway from this is God gave the law to the Israelites at Mount Sinai with a majesty display of thundering sounds, lightning flashes, and that the people removed themselves and stood afar off, which is Exodus 20:18. So the people came before God with fear and trembling at Mount Sinai. He paints that picture at the beginning, and then he goes and he talks about the heavenly city, Zion. And his Zion is spelled two different ways, either with a Z or S. In verse 22, it says, But ye, but ye come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to a innumerable company of angels. So here we see the setting. We have a heavenly Jerusalem, we have the city where God is, and to the point that we have accomplished encompass about with so many angels and in verse 23 it says the general assembly the church of the firstborn now the firstborn i like that term remember the ancient custom in jews that used that firstborn born son received the father inheritance a double portion where everybody else may receive a portion but that son, that firstborn son, received a double portion because it was his job to take care of the rest of the family once the father left. Here, what it's saying here is that which are written in heaven, those are the believers whose names is written in the Lamb Book of Life, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. No, in, in Colossians 3.24, says, Ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. 
So we have the promise of eternal life, which is our inheritance. And because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we are made perfect. Wow. Isn't that exciting? So my takeaway is that while God seemed distance at Mount Sinai, at Mount Zion, Jesus made the believer's faith personal. You see, at Mount Zion, at Mount Zion, believers can come to God by faith through Christ and they can get the forgiveness of sin. So believers have eternal home with God in heaven and the blessings of the firstborn. And then we move to the next outline. The next outline is the heavenly city and Jesus is the mediator. It's just one verse here, verse 24. I want you to notice verse 24. It says, and to Jesus, the mediator, the mediator of the new covenant. Mediator is the go-between. See, uniting two parties. Whereas Moses was the lawgiver, God gave him the law to give to the people. He was a liaison. Jesus, on the other hand, is our mediator between us and God. And not only that, it says he's the mediator of a new covenant. To the blood of sprinkling, there's that blood again, to a better thing than that of Abel. And he goes all the way back to Genesis. When Cain killed Abel and his blood spilled on the ground, it says that it's better thing than that of Abel. Even though they killed Jesus on the cross, but it's better than the blood of innocent Abel being killed. Jesus, even though he was innocent, he was killed, but that he was able to go and make that sacrifice to God on our behalf. Again, my question is, why blood is such a necessary agent when dealing with sin? We're going to discuss that in our Zoom session. The next, next outline is the criteria for entering the heavenly city. This is verses 25 and 26. And I want you to notice how the writer of Hebrews says this. He says, see that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refuse him that spake on earth, much more shall we not, shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven? Think about that. If we can obey man's rule or if we break man's rule here on earth, we're not going to escape. There's cameras every, every way, especially if you're speeding. If you can't escape here on earth, what make you think you're going to escape from God who's from heaven? Verse 26, whose voice then shook the earth, going back to the old covenant. But now he's promising, yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. I think what he's doing is showing how powerful our God is. Not only is he going to shake the earth, he's going to shake also heaven from a standpoint that everybody is going to recognize that he's God. If you think in the old covenant, it was just only the children of Israel was around Mount Sinai. I only saw what God displayed to them. But this next display, everyone is going to see it. So, the next outline is preparing for the heavenly city. Just two verses here. I'm sorry, three verses. And this word yet once more signifies removing all those things that are shaken as of things that are made 
and that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. So we're looking at physical creation. It can be shaken. My house can be shaken. My bank account can be shaken. Believe me, it's being shaken every day with bills. And it is set in contrast what cannot be shaken. So things, these are the things that really matter when you think about it. The things that have the character of permanence, the things that's going to be permanent, those things is what really matter. So if you notice here in verse 28, it says, Wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved, cannot be shaken. If we can receive God's kingdom through the death, burial, and resurrection, through the blood of Jesus, let us have grace. Accept the grace whereby we may serve God acceptable and reverence and godly fear. Why? Because God is a consuming fire. So the author Hebrew emphasized that God is not to be trifled with. See, this God that we serve is not to be trifled with. Because he's a consuming fire, so we do best to come to him on his terms, not our terms. Mm, something to think about. Okay, so there's no power on earth or hell can destroy God's kingdom. We know that. So the Hebrew writer encourages believers to have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. So remember now, grace is that unmerit favor of God that offers the gift of salvation to humanity. Let us accept that grace. And so what did I learn from this lesson? I learned this. I want to challenge myself to become more thankful for God's grace. Even during difficulties that shape this world. Things that shake Mickey, shake me up. You know, uh, if it's the um, um, bills, uh, hard times, um, unemployment, my work, things that shake me up, I must still realize God's grace. Since grace is only available to the believer, I must serve God with love. And I highlighted that word love. I must never abandon this love, especially my first love for Christ. And I thought about uh, the church of Ephesus as written in uh, Revelation, the second chapter, how they did everything right, except they lost their first love. See, like romantic love between a man and a woman, my first love for Christ involves passion too. Therefore, I must continue a passionate pursuit of relevance, reverence, and admonition of God, all because of grace. I must learn how to rely on God. I must learn how to admonish God. I have to have reverence for God. So my thought to remember is our faith in God inspires our gratitude. So let's spend a few seconds here on Reflection. When you think about this. Verse 28 of the 12th chapter is the key verse. Wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. It cannot be shaken. Let us have grace. Accept the grace. 
whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. When we think about what Jesus did and how he opened the communication back to God because sin is what set us apart and we can have forgiveness for our sin through the blood of Jesus now we need to put in action to have that love for him think about that do you truly love him and I'm talking about that first love are you passionate for Christ are you still passionate when you first got saved are you as passionate now as ever before let us pray dear heavenly father we thank you that we have access to you through the blood of jesus help us to live for you with great reverence with great admonition with great thankfulness in jesus name we pray amen